everybody. It's great to see you here and the people on Zoom as well. Yes, we could hear cream fields last night from our garden. I think they might have had fireworks as well, or somebody did. Um, okay, I've got a couple of notices just to remind you about. Um, first of all, if I can just remind you, please, that we are keeping masks on. We are singing, but can you sing quietly, please? Not volume and the toilets are open if you need to use the toilets as usual just to remind you the poster behind me on the 12th of september we're having a celebration picnic service at school so there won't be a service here it's all going to be outdoors bring your brollies bring your seats bring your picnic everything there's going to be great fun um, lots of stuff organised for that. Um, and then the 19th, we'll be back in church. All I can tell you at the moment is that will be the new normal. We've yet to tell you what new normal will be, but new normal from the 19th. Um, sorry, I've got something in my mouth off my mask. Um, live streaming, that will be. And I think I'm just going to hand over to Kate and say, Kate, I'm very grateful you're here because I'm told that if the minister doesn't turn up, the elder has to do something. So I'm very pleased you're here. I'm going to hand over to Kate now. Good morning, everyone. And uh, I'd hoped to be in the building with you. But alas... I'm staying cautious and uh, staying away um, until I'm sure that I'm clear to be in contact with other folk. Within the service, just before I start, within the service, when we come to the prayers, Rona will mention Reverend Geoffrey Felton. And Jeff Felton, as, as uh, most people call him Jeff, is due next Saturday to become the moderator of Mersey Synod. And that's an exciting time for everyone in the Synod, an exciting time for Jeff. He moved with his family about a month ago. And the service is being broadcast, so there's not going to be that many people there, but you will be able to view it. So if anybody does want that link, please contact me and I'm sure Stuart will have the link as well um, to find out how you view that service next Saturday. But just to flag up from Saturday, we'll have a new moderator. So just a moment of quietness. Open your hearts to the word of God. Come and worship the one who can give you new life. Let us give praise to the living Christ, whose love is poured out for the life of the world. Let us pray. God, our Father, open our eyes to see your hand at work in the splendour of creation, in the beauty of human life. Touched by your hand, our world is holy. Help us to cherish the gifts that surround us, to share your blessing with our brothers and sisters, and to experience the joy of life in your presence through Christ our Lord. Amen. 
and now the opening song, Everything That Has Breath, chosen because of a great praise, really, that everything we have comes from God. over to you for the birthdays
Unmute. Is that right, Steve? How long have we been doing this? Does anybody have a birthday this week we can join in a celebrating? Be in the room. No, I'm not picking guitar for weeks. Online. No birthdays. Any birthdays? Well, that was short and sweet. Back to you, Kate. <laughs> There's not many people. Thank you, Ryan. Let us pray. Lord, we come into your presence to be aware of you with us. You're always aware of us, always sensitive to our needs and joys. You invite us to be with you, to have a place near you. Your presence is joy, light, comfort. Your nearness is holy, awesome, wonder. We see you in the play of sunlight through rainbows, in the sound of music and laughter, in the touch of friends and loved ones, in the sweet perfume that comes from blossom and those wild roses, in the taste of bread and wine, your presence is known. Your presence is also known to us, Lord, in the dark, in the silence, in the solitude, and in the low times. We know, Lord, that you are with us and that your presence surrounds us. As we come before you, you welcome us. We bless and thank you. We praise and adore you. We enjoy being with you and with each other in the name, in the spirit, and in the presence of Jesus. Amen. And now, in a moment of quietness, we bring you our prayer of confession, those times when we say sorry. Lord, we've so much to thank you for, so much to be grateful for, yet we've only to listen to the news realize the effects of climate change, realize the number of plastic bags found on foreign shores. And we become, begun, begun to realize just how we fail to take care of your world, <clears throat> fail to love and respect the people around us, fail to follow your ways. So in a time of silence, we say sorry for the times when we've not behaved as you would have wanted us to. <clears throat> Forgive us, Lord. Yet, even as we ask for your grace to be showered on us, we are forgiven and loved by you, forgiven and welcomed into your arms. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And now we join together saying the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, 
hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. So, as I said, I hoped that I would be in the building with you. And so I've got some questions. Now, I'm just going to have to imagine the responses of those people that are in the building. Um, But here's how it goes. When I bring a statement to you, if you think that it's right or the answer is yes, then it's thumbs up. If the answer is no, it's thumbs down. And if it's somewhere in the middle, it's this. Okay, so thumbs up, thumbs down and this. Does how you dress make you good or bad? Yeah, yeah, years ago, it was important that we covered our heads in church. Now, I know there's some of you that are old enough in the building and online to remember that. Does anybody remember it? I, I do. I do, yeah. And you had to always go to church in your Sunday best. Um, I think Stuart's around somewhere. Stuart, shorts were not allowed. Okay, just, you'd have been frowned upon. Um, But that tradition's gone. Uh, It was a tradition. So here's another one. Does walking to church make you a good person? That's interesting because I thought we might have had some of these, you know, Um, because walking to church, you're quite right, doesn't make you a good person. But walking to church does help the climate. We need to do more walking and less driving. Um, It also makes us healthier. So there are some good aspects to walking to church, but it doesn't in itself make us a good person. Does coming to church make us better people than others in the community who don't attend church? Yeah, you've all got thumbs, thumbs, I can see thumbs down. I don't know what's happening in the church building. Um, (laughs) By the side of me going. yeah, going to church in itself doesn't make us um, good people. But if we follow and listen to what's happening in church and adopt it. Well, um, one last one. How's about washing your hands before dinner? Yeah, you know... 
Yeah, I wondered what you'd say about that. Washing your hands before dinner doesn't make you a good person. However, nearly everybody had thumbs up because we're all in a COVID conscious world now, aren't we? Um, which is going to be interesting when we hear the reading we've got. Uh, first of all, it makes us cleaner, but it doesn't affect us inside. Really, it's how your mind works and how your heart uh, follows that or how your heart leads your mind to work that makes us good, that, that makes us clean. It's not any tradition or anything we were. We're going to hear a passage in a moment and uh, Mark tells us a story about when Jesus met with the Pharisees. They were really upset and annoyed because the disciples hadn't followed certain rituals and traditions. In this case, it was washing before you eat. So Jesus takes those complaints on and asks them if what's on the outside, and, and asks them if what's on the outside causes us to be unclean or bad. It says you can be clean on the outside and yet have a heart that's unclean because of your thoughts and actions. It's how we live our faith that matters. And that's what Jesus is telling the Pharisees. So we're going to hear David, um, I think it's David, uh, read, yeah, Dave Thurston, do this reading. It comes from the message and you'll find the phrase, you can vomit up stuff. Um, and it's talking about what we bring from the outside, what from the inside out. Thank you, David. So the reading is from Mark 7. The source of your pollution. The Pharisees, along with some religion scholars who had come from Jerusalem, gathered around him. They noticed that some of his disciples weren't being careful with ritual washings before meals. We're going to get the next page. The Pharisees, Jews in general, in fact, would never eat a meal without going through the motions of a ritual hand washing, with an especially vigorous scrubbing if they'd just come from the market, to say nothing of the scourings they'd give jugs and pots and pans. The Pharisees and religion scholars asked why do your disciples brush off the rules, showing up at meals without washing their hands? Jesus answered, Isaiah was right about frauds like you. Hit the bullseye, in fact. These people make a big show of saying the right thing, but their heart isn't in it. They act like they're worshipping me, but they don't mean it. They just use me as a cover for teaching whatever suits their fancy. Ditching God's command and taking up the latest facts. Jesus called the crowd together again and said, Listen now, all of you, take this to heart. It's not what you swallow that pollutes your life. It's what you vomit. That's the real pollution. He went on, it's what comes out of a person that pollutes obscenities, lusts, 
thefts, murders, adulteries, greed, depravity, deceptive dealings, carousing, mean looks, slander, arrogance, foolishness, all of these are vomit from the heart. There is the source of your pollution. And now Rona will bring us our prayers. Thank you, Brian. Morning, everybody. We're going to bring our prayers to God, especially prayers for our community and for the world. We just take some time out to be quiet and bring ourselves before our God. We've been thanking him already. Now is the time to bring our world and perhaps some of the problems in it at the moment. Lord God, we come to pray for your world. It's a world of hurt and pain, a world where so many are struggling because of war and disaster or poverty. Sometimes we look at your world and wonder what we can do about it. We're asking you now, Lord, to show us how we can play a part in mending your broken, troubled world. Loving God, we lift to you all these places where natural forces have caused devastation and hardship. We ask for wisdom and humility and courage. Uh, to those in leadership as they seek to find solutions that are facing us at the moment and teach us, Lord, how we can help in these situations. Lord, your love is freely given to us. Let us reach out in compassion for all those who may have touched our hearts in recent days. We pray for those who look for a safer place to live Especially, we continue to pray for the people of Afghanistan. We thank you for those who have been airlifted out, perhaps to safety, hopefully. And we pray for the families that have been left behind, hurting and devastated and frightened. We pray, Lord, for a peaceful solution and somehow that they may live happily together and in harmony. We lift to you all these places where greed and lust for power and prejudice have been allowed to take root. We ask, Lord, to raise up leaders to fight injustice and hatred. Teach each one of us how we can help, Lord, too. We lift to you all those who have suffered as a result of this pandemic both directly and indirectly. Give strength and understanding to all those who are working to combat it and teach each one of us how we can help too. We pray for all those who are in need of our prayers at this time. Thinking especially of those in hospital, those who are struggling for lots of different reasons. Be with all those who need our prayers right now, Lord, and give them the strength 
and peace that they need. We lift to you all those who are known to us at this time who are sick. We especially pray for our church fellowship, our church family. We have no one in particular on, on the prayer chain at the moment, but we just pray for each one of us as a family here. May they know your healing in their lives and teach one of us how we can help too. We place into your hands those who have died, knowing that you have welcomed them home. Be with all those who mourn, and may they know your peace and love and strength at this difficult time. We pray for your church and us, your people, as we continue to respond to this pandemic, and we seek to share the good news. We ask for your guidance in the weeks and months ahead. Be with all your church leaders as they seek the way forward, that they may know your presence with them. Particularly, we hold in prayer the Reverend Geoffrey Fountain, who will be inducted as our new Mersey Synod moderator. Bless the service, Lord, next Saturday, which is going ahead in Liverpool. We ask for your wisdom and compassion to, uh, to guide Geoffrey in his ministry, as he begins this new appointment. We now pray for our own church as we look forward to sharing our gospel with our community. We pray for Jenny, our minister, our elders and our leaders. And we ask your blessings on all the groups who recommence all the activities this next few weeks after such a long break. We pray for Stuart as he continues to work as minister in the virtual community. Bless his work, Lord, and bless the people that they may be open to him. Be with all the school children and teachers as they prepare for the start of the new school year. And now, Lord, we pray for ourselves. You know the challenges as each of us face. We ask that you give each one of us what we need to face them. When we struggle, remind us of your faithfulness to us. Help us to serve you and build your kingdom and share your good news with others, that they may come to know your love for them. May we be always reminded of your faithfulness to us. We ask all these prayers in Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you, Rona. And uh, we now sing, Open the Eyes of My Heart, Lord. I want to see 
Steve and uh, I could see people were enjoying that especially Laurie who it seems knows all the actions um, and I'm sure there were some people in church as well joining in with actions uh, and I thought Malcolm did well to avoid Laurie's arms mm. which were just about going everywhere as he ducked out of the way so James well now, our second reading, which we're going to come to in a moment, is taken from the book of James. Uh, there's been much discussion about which James this is and various theories abound. Some say he was the brother of Jesus who actually didn't really understand that Jesus was the son of God until Jesus died. Others say he's James, the son of Zebedee, um, the, the common theories, but there are very many theories around about James. One thing that we do know is he was so committed to passing this gospel message on that he gave his life for his faith. James is a fairly forthright person. He was apt to speak his mind 
and to do it bluntly at times. I think my grandma would say he had a lot of gumption. I never quite knew as a child what gumption was, but I think I worked out it was common sense. Um, And I think it had fitted in very well to the Lancashire way or the Yorkshire way of speaking out. It's James is one of my favourite people. It's probably my favourite epistle. uh, And I have passages from James in my ordination and in my inductions uh, and even when I was leaving. It contains, the book is only four chapters, so it's a book anybody can tackle. Um, And it contains all sorts of challenges and a great deal of wisdom. One of the most memorable of passages and one that people remember quite easily is how hard, when he speaks about how hard it is for us to control our tongues. Uh, And in this passage, he touches on it, but the main body of speaking about the tongue happens later. Um, Sorry. Um, So we're now going to hear this reading from James 1, and uh, Stuart is going to read that. Thank you. That's James chapter 1, verses 17 to 27. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and, after looking at himself, goes away immediately, forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Through the written word and the spoken word, may we know your living word, Jesus Christ, our saviour. Amen. Well, whilst I told you I like this book, I can't say that Luther was fond of it. 
Well, at least not initially. In fact, it was quite derogatory at first. He called James the epistle of straw, although later he warmed to the book um, and included it and gave favourable comments. It's written that Luther read James through the lens of the rest of scripture. James, when he was writing, really was interpreting the scripture that he knows. He, he wasn't talking about the death and resurrection of Christ, as, as many of our books do, but instead he was given a way of living. There's no doubt that this epistle is very different to the epistles of Paul. It's not as theologically deep as Romans or Galatians, and that's for sure. But obviously theological depth wasn't what James was going for, at least not here. When James composed this epistle, he composed it to be mainly practical. In a sense, it's ways of following the laws of God. I believe he did this in order to address some specific issues going on in the community and the church at that time. In fact, there are probably more instructions telling us what we must do in the first chapter of James than any other chapter of the New Testament. Now, I've mentioned it's a short epistle, only four chapters, but it's well worth reading and meditating on. Now, in fairness, much of what J James says makes good sense. Just think for a moment. I wonder what you'd say if, were to, if I were to ask you what you reckon are the most important qualities of a Christian. What are the features and the characteristics of a good Christian life? Well, let's hear what James says. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to be angry. Well, I guess we can all agree with that. As I've often observed, God has equipped us with two ears, but only one mouth. And how often I wish I'd used them in that proportion given. And following that, we're warned about the tongue and the need to bridle it, for it can be so destructive. Again, you know, really sound advice. Just think how many times we've been hurt by the words of others. And what about being slow to anger? How much damage is caused by a short fuse, a quick temper, when patience might be more productive? And who could argue with James' instruction in verse 21 to discard every wicked excess? Wonder how many of you agree with that? Every wicked excess. Well, you might not agree with everything, but he's got a good point. And yet, you know, if we're going to be people who give a Christian example, then goodness, integrity and 
you know, we're going to need to live by God's word since it's God's word that will shape and form us. You could say that the lens of God's word is how we are to look at our world, its people and our actions. James goes on to remind us that it's not enough to hear God's word if we don't act on it. He says, be doers, not just hearers. You can read the Bible, listen to sermons, go to house groups and Bible studies. But somewhere along the line, the word will need to be grounded in us, in our lives, in our actions. We need to consider how our faith shapes how we react or how we treat others, how we're led to connect with the community we live in. How does our faith encourage us to grow as disciples of Christ? James asked all these questions and more. Yet amidst all this advice, it's easy to miss the important words that start this passage. It's easy to get caught up in the do's and don'ts. So let me remind you of those words. They're in verse 17 and 18. Every generous act of giving. Every generous act of giving. Put simply, James is saying that the God who brought creation into being is bringing to birth a new creation, a new world through the sending of his son, Jesus. And it is into us, the followers, us, the Christians in this world, to help bring that new creation into being. In verse 23, James used the image of a mirror. He talked about looking in the mirror and then going away and forgetting what we looked like. Well, I want you to look in a mirror. And I want you to think about the statement, because when you look in a mirror, I want you to imagine you are the first harvest of God's new creation. It's all on you, on what you do, on what you say. You look in that mirror and see yourself as God's new creation. And then think what effect that might have on you. The first at harvest. And James is saying, this is how I want you to live. This is the example I want you to give. These are the fruits I want you to nurture in others. How would that shape your life? knowing what Jesus has done for us and what we're called to do for others. Think of some of the great and exalted descriptions of God's people. I love them. They appear in many songs. This is who Jesus has made you and it follows the, sorry. Uh, you are the light of the world. This is who Jesus has made you, and it follows, therefore, that you live as lights. 
You are the body of Christ. Therefore, live as the body of Christ. You are the sons and daughters of a living God adopted into God's family. Therefore, live as the sons and daughters of a living God. This is what James is doing. He's reminding us who we are on account of Christ. And he follows this with how we are to live appropriately and wisely. He's saying, what lens is on your heart and your eyes as you go about your life? What measures and influences what you do? Is it the word of God? Or is it something else? And does a church restarting church life and interacting more with others? What lens then? Come here. Come on the Sundays, listen online, listen on YouTube. Come to the house groups. Come and be fed and refreshed and then go out and live wisely and well. Amen. Let us pray. God who made and loves all people, make us truly people of faith. Change our hearts. Show us how to live by your love with deeds that match our words. And may our church be known for the way we do your love in this place, in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to use some words of sending um, before we go to the song. May God the Father fill us with determination to seek justice. May Jesus the Son fill us with a desire to love as he loved. May the Holy Spirit fill us with a compassion that knows no limits. And may the blessing of God, Father, Son and Spirit, be with us and all whom we love this day and always. Amen. And so we sing, build your kingdom here, and then join together to share the grace.
And so we share the grace with each other. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Ever Amen. Amen.